Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome back to Land of Bourbon and Bad Decisions. This is Relentless Daring live on Podbean. And Kim is first in the shoot. Seeing her up here on the uh, chat board, she says hi. Hello, Kim. Anyways, welcome to Land of Bourbon and Bad Decisions yet again. Ah, Here we are engaged in the Relentless Daring Pursuit of Truth, Justice, and American Jackassery. And sorry for my dogs fighting in the background. It happens... The world of live casting. Yes, you never know what you're going to get here. So, um, been a busy, busy week in the world of politics with all the impeachment crap going on. And frankly, I ain't getting into it. Um, I want to, it is December 7th on this day, 78 years ago, the Imperial Navy of Japan engaged in a surprise attack on the United States at Pearl Harbor. Now, I'm not going to get into the conspiracy theories about we knew it was coming and, you know, the FDR administration let it happen as an excuse to get into a war with Japan because little history at the time we were already engaged in a huge trade war and we had a had an oil embargo against Japan as a you know and sanctions against them because of their uh, ruthless expansion into Korea and China and uh, other and just building an empire throughout all of the Western Pacific. But regardless of any of that going on, you know, it's, it still happened. Uh, American lives were lost that day, tragically. But I was more interested in, in some of the heroes that, uh, that came out of that. Uh, the biggest one that I could always remember uh, from high school when I first learned about him is Dory Miller. Uh, Doris Miller, or Dory as you as he was known, he was a uh, he was a cook's mate third class uh, because in the post Wilson military, the everything was highly highly segregated because Wilson was a stark raving racist who was in charge of our national defense. Yay! But. And one of the things that, you know, in the Navy, if they allowed blacks and whites to serve together, it was uh, subservient support roles. They were cooks. They did. They were laundry specialists, quartermaster, 
And quartermasters could kind of be one of those things where maybe. But, you know, uh, Dory Miller was a cook. Uh, If you saw the horrible, horrible three-hour waste of time that was Michael Bay's Pearl Harbor, this is the character that was played by uh, Cuba Gooding Jr., uh, you know, Dory was a box was a boxer on board, and and all that. And on the day of the, and on the morning of uh, the attack, he was collecting laundry when the bomb started falling, and he immediately rushed to his battle station, which had been struck by a bomb, and he was then ordered to go to the bridge to assist there where he worked on getting the uh, captain of the ship to safety because he had been injured. And in the process, uh, Dory made his uh, way to uh, one of the machine, one of the anti-aircraft turrets on the vessel. And as a cook, he had no weapons training. And he jumped on that double 50 caliber machine gun and figured out how to shoot with no training whatsoever and started engaging uh, Japanese zeros. Uh, when asked about it, uh, Dory Millard said that you know, they're just everywhere, but I'm pretty sure I got one, which for a guy who had no training, just jump on a machine gun. And start engaging until you run out of ammunition is absolutely, completely brave. Um, At the time, he was awarded the third highest medal in the United States Navy, uh, the, uh, the Navy Cross, which since then has been uh, switch places with the Navy Distinguished Service Medal. So now Dory Miller had been awarded the second highest, you know, award that you can get in the Navy, short of the Medal of Honor. And he was the first African American sailor to be awarded that for his actions they did that day. I found a great Business Insider article. It goes into little known heroes. Uh, Dory Miller was one of those little-known heroes it had. Um, Another one is a Lieutenant Phil Rasmussen. He was one of four American pilots who was able to get into the air and start fighting, uh, engaging Japanese fighters. Uh, When the attack launched, Rasmussen was still in his pajamas, and he ran out in the flight line, got into what was old at the time, a Curtis P-36A Hawk. It's a prop-driven fighter plane, as most of them were back in the day. And uh, once in the air, he shot down one uh, Japanese Zero and damaged another, and then he was engaged by two planes himself. Uh, The Japanese fighter shot his plane, which took out radio, hydraulic lines, rudder cables, but he flew away into the clouds and, you know, hid till the battle was pretty much over and then we came in to land 
He did it. He had no brakes on the plane, no rudder or a tailwheel. Uh, he received the uh, silver star for his actions. Uh, Annie Fox, she was a <clears throat> she was she was a first lieutenant in the uh, it says Army. It would have been the uh, the I believe it's the Wax, the Women's Army Corps. Uh, a lot of women at the time did not serve. They served as an auxiliary through through wax or some of the other uh, female-oriented uh, service roles. But she was a nurse at uh, Hickam Field, which is the uh, Army Air Corps' main station there in Pearl Harbor. Uh, when the attack started, Fox administered anesthesia to patients during the heaviest part of the bombardment assisted in dressing the wounded and, you know, got taught civilian volunteers, you know, who came in to help with the wounded, taught them how to make dressings and how to treat their patients. According to her Purple Heart citation, this, you know, at the time, the Purple Heart, when it was awarded to her, it was awarded the way that uh, George Washington had intended it as a uh, as a valorous service medal, not necessarily a medal for being wounded in combat. So again, this is the uh, the writing from the actual uh, citation. Fox administered anesthesia to patients during the heaviest part of the bombardment, assisted in dressing the wounded, taught civilian volunteer nurses to make dressings, and worked ceaselessly with coolness and efficiency. And her fine example of calmness, courage, and leadership was one of the was of great benefit to the morale of all with whom she came in contact. She was the first U.S. service woman to receive a Purple Heart, but at the time, at the time, U.S. military awarded Purple Hearts for quote, singularly meritorious act of extraordinary fidelity or essential service. When the requirement of being wounded was added, her Purple Heart had been replaced with the Bronze Star. Again, a first. Uh, a civilian hero was uh, George Walters. He was a crane operator at the dry docks where uh, USS Pennsylvania was was in dry dock for repairs. And so he was, you know, you know, he was up in the crane, 50 feet above everything that was going on. And there he was actually able to see the bombers as they were coming in and was able to, uh, use the loudspeakers to shout warnings to the, uh, members of the Pennsylvania who were on the deck and give them somewhat of an advanced warning. Uh, he also would swing the crane around to try to, you know, obscure the view of the fighters as they were coming in, not necessarily trying to use it to swat them out of the air or anything, but just, you know, trying to shield the ship. But, um, uh, they actually dropped a 500-pound bomb near the uh, near the base of the crane, which uh, 
Yeah, George Walters is nearly thrown from it. And if he had been, it probably, uh, it likely would have killed him. A 50-foot fall into the, you know, if you just hit the ground, you can imagine it would be, you know, devastating to a human body. But uh, he continued to operate cranes for the Navy until 1950 and eventually retired in 1966. And as it goes on, uh, Commander Caston Young commanded USS Vestal repair ship. Young was in his cabin in the Vestal when the attack was launched. Ran to the deck where he organized sailors to fire the ship's three-inch guns. Uh, when the USS Arizona, had, when that bomb that went into its... Uh, magazine and just you know sank it in the middle of the harbor the explosion was so large it knocked commander uh young off of it just completely blew him off of his boat and the uh, second in command began ordering soldiers or sailors to abandon ship Commander Young swam back through all the oil and the fuel and everything that is starting to really taint the waters. And he climbed back on board and he yelled, where the hell do you men think you're going? As his uh, sailors were trying to abandon the ship and he got them back to their stations and to get the ship underway. Now they made into, they got the ship into open waters uh, where even though it was damaged and on fire, it ran aground. But it was one less thing in the harbor that could be used as a, as a target to help do even more damage. The, the things that were done while under such absolute duress at Pearl Harbor was absolutely outstanding. Um, and we always look back on today with sadness and and I understand we want to honor the dead especially the Arizona it took a single took a single bomb and there are men who are still entombed in the Arizona and other ships that were sank in the harbor. And so while I do not wish to take from honoring their sacrifice for their lives that were lost, I think we really should also take time to remember those people who did absolutely amazing things. You know, a pilot who runs out in his pajamas, gets in a plane in the air, and starts dogfighting the enemy in his PJs. Um, you know, a cook who never had a minute's worth of weapons training on the uh, anti-aircraft guns, figuring out how to get how to get that turret going and start engaging the enemy. These are these are stories of valor that need to be told, as as much as the story needs to be told of what happened to those ships when the Japanese attacked. And I'm absolutely hundred percent proud of the accomplishments that were done by 
you know, civilians, the military alike, you know, people, people rushing to the airfield to lend a hand treating the wounded didn't have a day's training in, in healthcare. There's, it was like nine 11 where you had people who, you know, after the towers fell lining up to volunteer to dig out the rubble and look for survivors. Um, after Oklahoma city, when the Murrah building was bombed again, an absolute tragedy that it brought out the best in people. And, that is the biggest thing we need to remember on this day that shall live in infamy is that even in the face of tragedy, we as whether it's Americans, we as human beings, as a species, we can and do band together. All righty. So, um, again, one of these things I'm looking at, again, Pearl Harbor Day, another tragedy that struck, um, pardon me, was a, uh, there's a shooting earlier today or yesterday at a Naval Air Station, Pensacola. This is one of the huge uh, uh, flight schools for Navy fighter pilots. And as a flight school, we entertain foreign military to, you know, train them to operate these aircraft for their country because maybe they don't have a fighter school, or perhaps they do have one, but you know, as I've seen through my military career, you can attend uh, foreign service schools because you know they offer something that our military doesn't. While I was in Afghanistan, I was able to take part in the shoots and snare. Yeah, I know it's it's a mouthful. Um, it's basically the German weapons qualification, you know, rifle, pistol, machine gun, you know, it's something I wouldn't have gotten to do stateside, but in this instance, this is a, a AP story that I'm reading out of just so we're on the same page. And if, as always, or what I've started doing is. I, when I put this up on podcast, I will have the the links to my material in the show notes. That way, oh, I, where do I where do you see that at? Where, you can go back and read it. It's just what I do because you know, well, you're not thinking I'm just making stuff up off the top of my head. Yeah, you know, I can share it with y'all. Anyways, 
All right, so uh, again, AP, U.S. law enforcement officials were digging into the background of the suspected Florida Naval Station shooter Friday to determine the Saudi Air Force officer's motive and whether it was connected to terrorism. I'm willing to bet it was. As questions swirled about the shooting, which left four people dead, including the attacker, officials identified this the suspect as Second Lieutenant Mohammed Saeed Al-Shamrani. I apologize for any bad pronunciations. An aviation officer in the Saudi Air Force. The officials spoke on condition of anonymity to discuss the ongoing investigation. Al-Shamrani was attending aviation school at uh, Naval Air Station Pensacola one of hundreds of international military members who are receiving training there. Shooter opened fire in a classroom building on Friday morning. Defense Secretary Mark Esper said in a statement, Pentagon was continuing to monitor the Pensacola incident and was gathering additional facts on the shooting earlier this week at Pearl Harbor when a young Navy sailor gunned down two people and shot himself. That one I really hadn't looked too much into, but... If it's like he's, I'm not even going to speculate on it because I don't know the facts. So, sticking with the story here, Esper said he is, quote, considering several steps to ensure the security of our military installations and the safety of our service members and their families, end quote. He provided no details. In a separate statement, Admiral Mike Gilday, the Chief of Naval Operations, said it had been, quote, a devastating week, end quote, for the Navy. The U.S. Has long, has long had a robust training program for Saudis, providing assistance in, the, assistance in the U.S. and in the Kingdom. As of this week, there are more than 850 Saudis in the United States for various training activities. There are among more than 5,000 foreign students from 153 countries in the U.S. going through military training. So... One of these things is is uh, what they call insider threats. Uh, when I was in the military, this is something we... Oh. oh, my goodness. Joys of live radio when you go to adjust your iPad and you knock over your drink, and now you're wearing it. Don't worry, the show will go on. Um... Uh, with insider threats, you do the best you can to vet those in services where there's a high risk of there's a high threat. Um, in Afghanistan, uh, the ANA, uh, Afghan commandos, Afghan Air Force, Anyone that we worked with on a very close basis, you know, they would go through rigorous, rigorous, rigorous background checks or as rigorous as we could get, considering that sometimes these are people who have. Sorry. These are people who have no um, documented backgrounds at all. I'm amazed, honestly, how well. Uh, the commandos are able to vet the people who they take on. 
But in this case, yes, this is a Saudi lieutenant. And through, you know, military agreements, not necessarily treaties, but just agreements made between our military and the Saudi military, by the happenstance of him being a Saudi officer, that got him entrance into this uh, training situation and where he takes a handgun into a classroom and starts shooting. Um, I've seen some reports about other Saudi students filming it with a uh, with cell phones. Again, that's something I did not see in the story. This is reporting I've heard that is not verified. But uh, the the Navy did immediately uh, take into custody all of the other Saudi students. And uh, begin start questioning them the on their relationships with the Al Rashani and all of that. So hopefully we have answers. Um, I'm honestly thinking this is an Nadal, a Nadal Hassan situation where you have a person who has become who has become oh my goodness you ever have that moment where the word the word drug for just slips your mind uh become radicalized thank you um and then they come up with a plan after realizing hey I've got a group of people who are in the same place every day. None of them are armed. And it will be like shooting fish in a barrel. Um, In the case of Major Hassan, he spent a lot of time hearing from soldiers who are coming back off deployment in that particular uh, uh, building on Fort Hood realized you know this is a perfect opportunity and so he you know pulled out two pistols and started shooting once he came decided that he was going to do that um again speculation this is something that uh i feel is likely what happened with pensacola Here you have a foreign student who is there for training, spends every day in this classroom. He knows the routines. Here's what time, here's what time the class starts. Here's what time, you know, X, Y, and Z happens. So he's able, and if he's already radicalized, which again, this is speculation, waiting for the full report, the full investigation and report to be done. But this me speculating, you know, develops a plan and it's amazingly easy to get firearms into a military base. And I say that because a lot of bases, they have random search protocols 
likelihood of you being searched when there's thousands of vehicles that go through those gates every day, it's actually fairly small. And if you know what you're, if you're truly intent on getting a weapon onto the base, and if there, even if there's a hundred percent inspections, there are ways to go about getting the weapon in without getting caught. It's not that difficult, but so he gets the weapon in, conceals it on his person, goes in and then engages in the action. So again, this, and there's already been a bunch of people, you know, blowing up the interwebs about how, well, if you just let, if you just let the military be able to carry, this wouldn't happen. Or, oh my God, it's military. They have guns. This still happened. Whatever happened to, if you have everyone carry a gun, this won't happen. And it's, it's a ridiculous argument going back and forth. Again, just because the, you know, this is a ruling that goes back to, I think, the first Bush administration, where the only people allowed to carry on post are those that, who are doing it in the administration of their or the execution of their duties. You know, MPs. If you are on uh, certain guard details, you are allowed to carry open a military-issued sidearm, but not allowed to carry for personal protection reasons. And there's a plethora of reasons why they won't let us do it. None of which I know the... I, I can give a specific reason why the, one would think that, you know, that, you know, we're going to come down to, you know, you know, having a shootout over a, uh, over a bad review or basically all the same arguments they make about why concealed carry in the civilian world is a bad idea. Again, this is something that it, it doesn't make a whole hill of beans of sense to me, but is what it is again, uh, to, those U.S. service members who lost their lives in Pensacola yesterday, uh, my prayers are with your family. My heart goes out to them. It is a terrible, terrible shame that you know y'all were lost in such a meaningless manner. And I really wish that things like this wouldn't happen. Um, my last deployment, we lost one of our soldiers to an insider threat attack in Kabul. And it's just horrible knowing that we do everything we can to protect our soldiers at home and abroad, you know, as far as it, the insider threat analysis goes. And sometimes it fails. So. It's just, it's just one of those things.
you love what you hear on the Relentless Daring Podcast, do you want to show the world your support for this podcast, this is Tyler from Relentless Daring, asking you to go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash relentlessdaring and check out our merchandise there. We have t-shirts, hoodies, hats, coffee cups, travel mugs. Go there, check it out, use it to show the world your love of this podcast. And as always, stay relentless. All right, Miss Grants, I am back. All right, so I'm going to go for a little levity because, frankly, the last two stories were kind of ugh. Um, so a few months ago, there's there's a big hubbub and to do made about uh, an Illinois politician. Just gonna let that just gonna let that marinate for a second. Possibly a Democrat. Who was hosting a fundraising dinner where they had a mock assassination of Donald Trump? Yay, Trump derangement syndrome. And uh, my producer is apparently asleep at the soundboard. Wake up. But um. But anyways, everyone made a big deal about. Oh my God! Did you see? How do you do this? Well, karma, they say, is a um, is like an angry woman or a female dog. But it's a little uh, business insider. Oh no, this is not business insider. This is a one hundred percent fed up dot com. Sorry about that. A Democrat senator who hosted fundraiser where guests performed mock Trump assassination has resigned after FBI agents raid his home in connection with bribery fraud investigation. Wow, that's a hell of a headline. Anyways, going to the story, Illinois Democrat Senator Martin Sandoval has resigned after FBI agents raid his Chicago home. Oh, so much. Raided his Chicago home. I swear my producer is just absolutely asleep at the wheel today. In connection with bribery and a fraud investigation, a letter released by the Secretary of Illinois State Senate announced that State Senator Martin Sandoval's resignation would be effective on January 1st. Quote, it is with a heavy heart that I, Martin A. Sandoval, do hereby resign the office of state senator. End quote. In September, FBI agents raised Sandoval's office to find information on concrete and construction businesses, as well as data related to bribery or theft of federal funds. Old tweets. In August 2019, shocking photos of a mock assassination of President Trump at a fundraiser for Sandoval's campaign were released on social media. The New York Post reported, photos posted by a woman who witnessed the mock assassination on Friday night showed supporters of Senator Martin Sandoval, who represents Illinois' 11th district, which includes parts of Chicago, (laughs) 
acting out in a in front of guests, according to WCIA. That's a heck of a uh, radio. Uh, I don't even know what they call it. The the call letters WCIA. That's uh, broadcasting the greatest hits uh, to the greater Langley area here in the beautiful, beautiful state of Virginia. Now, WCA, I'm assuming, is somewhere near Chicago just because, you know, it's a Chicago story. Get your finger away from that high drama button. My producer, oh my gosh, I don't know what's up with him tonight. I say Chicago now. He wants to start hitting buttons. He's losing his mind. Oh, one of Sandoval's guests, who can be seeing the photo below, which they do have a wonderful picture of that. Again, I will be including the link to the story in the show notes for downloading on the podcast. Can be seen pointing a fake machine gun at a man wearing a Trump mask in a Mexican costume. The individual, the individual appears to simulate being shot, grabbing his chest and leaning back. In the photo below, Sandoval can be seen with his arm around the person who was holding the gun up to faux Trump head. Which, first of all, Whoever thought it was a great idea to allow these kind of shenanigans to occur at a fundraiser after, you know, what happened to say that one dumb redheaded comedian, Kathy Griffin. Yeah, I know. My, my brain's just shot tonight. It's been a long day. Uh, Kathy Griffin, she did the Trump beheading video that or photo shoot that was reminiscent of something I've seen uh, in ISIS videos. You now where she cuts the head off a Trump effigy and then had the audacity to be butthurt that people would be upset that she beheaded an effigy. Yeah. You know, Forget the fact that knowing if a conservative person had beheaded the effigy of one Barack Hussein Obama, it would be the end of the damn world. But, you know, they're just throwing a fit because she's a woman and she's, you know, liberal and free speech and blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm just glad to see that this raised enough eyebrows and gained enough attention from the right people that, again, karma, like it, like an angry woman or a female dog, came and just slapped him upside the head with the uh, with the bribery and fraud investigation. It's it's a brilliant way to show that you are. Uh, Firmly ensconced yourself in the world of Chicago politics. Not what I was looking for, but I will take it. But, um, yeah, the news of the Democrat state senator's resignation comes 
Weeks after former Baltimore Mayor Democrat Catherine Pugh was federally charged with 11 counts of fraud, tax evasion, and wire fraud. No, you look like an idiot. Yeah. Democrats are busy making up fake crimes. Uh, This is where it gets to a little editorializing in the news story. So I'm not going to go there because we all have our own ideas on the craziness that the left is doing. All right, now for the last little bit here, you know, before we call it a call it a show. Ninja missiles. Now, I, I I know I know what you're thinking. What in the hell is a ninja missile? Well, during the Obama administration, where he became, set the world record for most civilian deaths caused by a Nobel Peace Prize winner, uh, there was a huge issue with collateral damage due to uh, drone strikes. I would like to apologize because my dog has lost his damn mind. Um, but, um, so with all of the, uh, craziness over, over all of the, uh, Barack Obama and his prolific use of drone strikes, the, the collateral damage, it killed lots of civilian bystanders. Um, even the, uh, Donald Trump can't. Uh, Donald Trump has, you know, killed a fair number of civilians as well via drone strikes. And bombs are messy work. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Things go boom. There's a there's a blast wave, lots of heat, shrapnel. It, yes, they can do a surgical strike where. You know, you can hit a car in traffic from, you know, 30,000 feet. Unfortunately, it's going to damage all the vehicles around it. Well, that is until uh, the uh, Ron Popeil started selling Ginsu knives to Lockheed Martin, who manufactures Hellfire missiles. And just joking, Ron Popeil is dead, and no one is selling Ginsu knives to Lockheed Martin, manufacturer of Hellfire missiles. However, headline Business Insider The U.S. is suspected of killing a terrorist in Syria with a ninja bomb, a rare missile packed with swords. Yes, that's right. We now have swords. Chuck. We all have swords shoved into missiles, killing everyone. Oh, my goodness. My dogs have lost their dang minds tonight. Uh, some of the uh, bullet points for this article. One, if not two, suspected terrorists in northwestern Syria were killed in an, killed in an unusual airstrike, according to multiple reports. Target's minivan was reportedly struck by ammunition that didn't explode but rather killed the vehicle's passengers by mashing and mincing everything in its path. 
so descriptive. Uh, suspects are believed to have been eliminated eliminated by the AGM 114R9X, a U.S.-made Hellfire variant that relies on force and six extendable blades to take out targets with greater precision and reduce civilian casualties. Or as I like to call it, the mechanical broadhead arrow from hell. Ah, with story, a suspect terrorist in Syria was reportedly killed with a rare U.S. missile packed with swords, according to multiple reports. A minivan driving through Atmeh in Syria's Idlib province. This has been a heck of a night for pronunciation. I think next week I'm going to do stories on Turkey and China and just for the heck of it, Kyrgyzstan, because I like the challenge of trying to pronounce funny names. Poorly struck by the munition, apparently killing two individuals inside, one or both of which are said to have been tied to Al-Qaeda offshoot terrorist organization Hayat Tahir al-Sham, or HTS. Kim is asking, I wonder if the minivan had a terrorist on board sign in the window. I'm really, really working hard to not seeing what just popped in my head because it would be uncouth. And I really don't want Podbean to pull my show because I said such horrible things. But it reminded me of the old song, How Much Is That Doggy in the Window? But instead of window, it was a minivan. Instead of doggy, um, you can... You can pick a random word and throw in there. The main target is believed to have been a trainer for an elite HTS unit known as the Red Bands, the Telegraph reported. Oh, I got a lull from Kim. Thank you. And, oh my God. I clicked on what I thought was just going to be a picture and it took me to Twitter. That's the last place I need to be. I'll end up in some... uh, you know, Twitter flaming some troll the weapon that shred the car did not explode while the driver's side was torn apart. The vehicle was actually mostly intact. A graphic video allegedly of the bloodstained interior of the car, uh, apparently a Mitsubishi Delica, a right-hand drive vehicle. I just love when the uh, articles just give you useless information. Who cares what kind of damn car it was? And who cares what side the what side the driver sat on? Showed a hole in the driver's seat and several deep cuts. The suspected result of a rare munition filled with blades that meant to mash the vehicle's passengers. Mmm. Mash terrorist. My favorite Thanksgiving treat. That's right. It's got it's got some of the pictures as a tweet from a journalist, this fragment is reported to have been found at the site of what may have been RX-9 Hellfire with frickin' swords strike. Yeah, that's what his actual... <laughs> Kim says, I guess they want to sell more Mitsubishi. And no, Mitsubishi is not, saying me, is not paying me to say his name over and over and over again, which if they were, I would have mentioned that the Japanese Zeros in the World War II 
to Pearl Harbor story were in fact manufactured by Mitsubishi. Anywho's, I just, I like that tweet. It actually says, "Hellfire with frickin' swords." I read that and I immediately think Doctor Evil from uh, Austin Powers. You know, I want a shark with frickin' laser beams in their foreheads. Except now it's, I want a missile with frickin' swords. It's. Now I've got that image in my head, and this is going to be there all night. Thank you, Nick Waters. A review of images of fragments reportedly found at the site of the strike appear to indicate the airstrike involved the AGM-114R9X, a modified Hellfire known as the, quote, Flying Ginsu, end quote, or the Ninja Bomb, because it relies solely on force and six extendable blades stored inside rather than explosives to eliminate targets. I will tweet a picture of that uh, after I get done with the show. Uh, Deadly precision weapon was, according to a report from Wall Street Journal in May, designed by the U.S. to reduce civilian casualties. The journal noted the R9X had been used covertly, albeit rarely against targets in Syria, Yemen, and elsewhere since 2017. Which, okay, so it's been getting used for a couple years. That's great because it's, um, again, it's reducing civilian casualties. And with in the history of war, war has always been ugly. With the, with the invention of artillery... And then subsequently, you know, airplanes and bombs, being able to drop bombs. We have seen, you know, use artillery takes out a, a decent size area, but it's still fairly contained, but there's going to be collateral damage. Um, then with the advent of, Airplanes, we had the advent of carpet bombings, which, again, it's carpet bombing. It's just a long, drawn-out line of bombs over everything. Massive civilian casualties. And and it we have gotten down now where... We know Bob, the head bomb maker of Who Gives a Crap Stan, is in this car, and we can take out Bob, the head bomb make take out Bob, the head bomb maker, and Who Gives a Crap Stan, and only take out Bob, unless he's got another, you know, one or two people in the car. But it's better than. Oh look, Bob is at a wedding. Let's take out let's take out Bob with a 500 pound precision guided munition. And no, only did we take out Bob, we just took out his niece who got married to that guy over there and all the kids. It's it's a great advance in warfare. And as an infantryman, anytime you can do anything that has swords involved, I approve. 
All right, so I'm going to get ready to wrap things up here. I would just like to say thank you, Kim. Swords are cool. Yes, yes, they are. Um, I just want to say thank you to everyone who listens. Oh, she says great show. Thank you. You've done so much for my ego tonight. You stroked it. My ego has grown. Um, there's Bell in there somewhere. Um, anyways, thank you all for listening. It's great to be able to come out and do this. Audience participation is awesome. Kim, thank you again for keeping me on my toes with random things that I can make people laugh at. Possibly, you know, laugh at myself. It happens. Um, but uh, some news. Relentlessdaring.com is live. Yeah, the pictures are a little... Uh, I got to work on that. But it's live. You can go there. You can link to the merch shop from relentlessdaring.com. Uh, you can stream the show directly from the webpage. So, I mean, go there, check it out. You link over to Patreon. And if you want to... Uh, Kim says, no problem. Someone has got to keep you on your toes. Yes, indeedy. Plus that, that Kurt guy isn't on here. And you know, that Kurt guy definitely keep, keep me on my toes. Probably couldn't read half the things he says, but it's okay. We still love Kurt. Um, where's it going? Oh yeah. Dang it, Kim. I have a one track mind and you just got me off onto the, onto another track that goes way off the middle of BFE. Good job. Uh, but, um, go to uh, patreon.com slash relentless daring one, become a patron, uh, because of the amazing patrons I have. That's the reason why relentless daring.com exists. Finally able to get the, uh, sources, resources together to be able to make that site go live. Thank you so very much to those of you who contributed that. You're awesome. Also, uh, the merch shop, I've got new designs. Yay. I've got one. It's just a simple, uh, you know, the mirrored RD that you see in the flag on, you know, on my little logo here. I've got that. So you can get coffee cups and buttons and, uh, some bandanas stuff with that design. I also have a another new design. Features a wonderful black and white picture of Mr. Vladimir Lenin with the text, Democratic Socialists killing millions since 1917. You can get that on t-shirts, coffee cups, travel mugs. Yeah. Hoodies. It's awesome. Please. Go buy merch. It keeps me on the air. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Also, uh, feel free to reach out to me uh, through the website again at relentlessdaring.com. There is a contact section there where you can, you know, shoot me a message. It's awesome. Yeah, I will get back to you. Uh, let's see. What did you do? Trying to get to my checklist here. Again, um, if you're listening to some podcast. You know, again, Apple, Google, I or Google iTunes. Oh my gosh, Google Podcasts, 
Stitcher, SoundCloud. No, I'm not on SoundCloud. Do not look for me on SoundCloud. I'm not on SoundCloud. Stitcher, Spotify. That's what I was trying to say. iHeart. I am on iHeart. Uh, and obviously the Podbean app. If you're listening to it on there, podbean.com. If you're listening to it on iTunes, I ask you to do four things. Four little itty-bitty things. Number one, subscribe. The more subscribers, the higher it ranks me in the, uh, the old algorithm, the more it finds people like you to listen to me. Two, rate it. Give it five stars. Again, the algorithm, it helps find people like you to listen to me. Then write a review. That way, was it find that way when it suggests to people like you, hey, check this guy out, they can read, you know, they can go through, they can read the reviews. Oh, this guy sounds like he'd be entertaining, or this guy sounds like a complete total schmuck. Whatever. If you don't like me, please embellish a little bit. You know, I'm not, not saying, you know, to lie, just, you know, don't sell it so harshly. And the fourth thing to do, if you are on finding it on Apple iTunes, share that thing, share it, share it, share it. Introduce me to those who you love, who you think might want to hear what I have to say. Maybe appreciate some of my off-kilterness, either or. Please just share the podcast. I'm begging you, please. Again, thank you all for listening. Thank you for tuning in, catching it live. I will have the podcast up yes, sometime between now and the morning. And as always, stay relentless. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.